back to the Locked On Blues podcast, your daily source for blues content. And before we begin, boys, how cool is that new intro music? Love it. I, I love it, baby. Like yeah. the guitar and everything oh. is just oh. grooving. Oh. Reminds Amazing. me of like that classic rock, like 70s Amazing. and 80s. Yeah. Big shout that. out. Big shout out to Mikey Shlu and the Pork Tornadoes for, for sending that over to us. Huge shout out to them. Make sure you check them out if you have what a name! What a name for a band. Pork Pro- Tornadoes. Are you kidding me? Proud owners of some We Sippin' July shirts. Yes. Uh, they're repping it on stage. They're, yeah. they're doing what they can do for us. Yeah, I want to know the backstory of that name, though. That's a good point. Yeah, Pork Tornadoes. I mean, uh, as far as like band names go, I'm, I think the Butthole Surfers might go a little bit above them, but they're close second. <laughs> what what do you guys think? If, okay, if you if you had a band, what would be your go-to band name? Go-to band Set name? Set you apart. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I got one. I got jo- one. I, I would be... <laughs> I would be the greater ones, Oscar Sunquist and Joey. That's it. Would it? Just, be me, just me and Oscar. <laughs> just what, what, what instruments? Two man you, band. What instruments you each got? A hockey stick and a mic. Oh my god! <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! Um, man, I, I don't, I don't have an answer. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. But I, I don't think I can really beat the Pork Tornadoes or um, the I greatest think- one featuring Oscar Sunquist. I think just off the top of the dome, I'm thinking Unforgiving Chaos and like make your album cover like just the darkest, like most satanic thing you could ever think of. And then it's just they write like children's music. So they're like the Wiggles. Ooh. It's like the same thing. But <laughs> yeah, it's like a contrast. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. That's beautiful. Gotcha. That's what I would do. All right. Sure. Now now that that tangent's out of the way, there's some hockey that happened. Um, Blues and Jets played twice over the weekends. Big big home and home, big division rivalry. We're gonna big we're statement gonna, games. Oh yeah, big statement games. We're we're gonna we're gonna recap those real quick and then get into some more of the nitty gritty. But Friday night, uh, game first game of the home and home. Uh, Blues have been Blues have been on a break for a little bit. Jets have been on a break. You know, fresh legs, exciting game, but it, it, and it and it definitely showed um, the, the fresh legs aspect, the bit of the bit of the sloppiness. Justin Falk opened up the scoring really early, about a minute into the game. Uh, he's been heating up lately. Love to see it out of him. Good good shot from the point, snuck through. But then you know later in the period, back and forth, and then Gabriel Bork ties it up, one one. We head into the second, Petrangelo. Five minutes in, puts us up 2-1, just kind of jams home a loose puck. But then right after that, Kyle Connor uh, ties it back up 2-2. And it kind of followed that theme back and forth. Bozak put us up, and then Connor tied it up, and then Bozak put it up, put us up again. And then Blake Wheeler tied it up late in the third. Uh, but then we head into overtime. Familiar territory for the Blues lately, and speaking of familiar ter- territory, who but David Perron to just come down and score a beautiful goal on the breakaway to to put the game away and clinch a huge win for the Blues. What are your What are your quick initial thoughts on that game, boys? Uh, well, Alex Petrangelo scored his tenth goal of the season, which is just at this point, hey, like, it's just yeah. playing absolutely nutty. Out of his well, line. Yep. That 15 mark at the All-Star game. Yeah, I was, just, about, I was just about to I would not be out. surprised in the slightest. That that man is on a tear. Yeah. he's Speaking of being on a tear, David Prime, like you said, well on pace for his future 70-point season. Uh, another, what, what was that, his fourth overtime winner of Something the year, like I think? Yeah. I think fourth. so, yeah. I'm almost positive that's a franchise record. I'm not 100% yeah. off the top it of my either, head. It either tied or set some record, I remember. But, yeah, that's a seventh straight win for the Blues on that one, heading into Sunday. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. They're rolling. Yeah, they, so they're definitely rolling heading into Sunday. But I feel like with the Blues in the past, a lot of the things is like, okay, you know, they're 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 statement games don't often carry over like they they'd have a home and home or something like that they'd come out you know do really well in the first game and then lay an egg in the second one and that consistency was always an issue but not this year they they came out and just absolutely took it to the winnipeg jets the the all on all aspects the the offense was rolling defense was 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 sound jordan binnington blocking it down as usual um Ryan O'Reilly started off the scoring. The first period went went by pretty uneventful until until late. Uh, O'Reilly jams home a rebound out front. Blues were definitely definitely uh, ha- capturing the momentum. They were they were heating up. You could tell a goal was coming. Uh, so they uh, finished the first period one nothing. Headed into the second, Shore ties it up for the Jets one one. Uh, early on, and a bit a bit of time goes by. Jaden Schwartz. Comes in with a beautiful goal, beautiful pass from Jordan Cairo, make it 2-1. And Blues never really look back from there. Later on, power play, Robert Thomas hits, hits what, uh, what Darren Pang described as a, a fadeaway jumper, <laughs> which was uh, just a perfect way to describe it. Gets the loose puck out, out front and just, you know, from the most awkward shot imaginable, he's facing away from the net, he has the puck, but he's and all of a sudden in one motion just turns around, throws it into the open cage and you know acts like he's done it a thousand times before i'm loving his confidence lately and that's just that's just a perfect example and, and kairu got an assist on that yeah, goal too i yeah. thought that was really cool good buddy link up right there oh, love yeah. that oh yeah <laughs> um and then yeah yeah the two the i did notice that kairu thomas that's that's something hopefully we see a, a lot moving forward in, in years down the road yeah five to seven years that's gonna be happening a lot so you might as well get used to that yep and then and then the blues found them themselves in an all too familiar situation kind of on their heels late game with with the taking a penalty and then the jets pull the goalie a, a situation where the blues would very often crack in the future we saw them crack in in the last game against the jets you know they're they've been a, they're always a really poor team when uh, late games empty net man advantage they always they can never score and they always seem to give up goals to head into overtime but they not only was the net empty they were also shorthanded but they they locked down and played some great defense and Jaden Schwartz launched a uh, launched a rocket down the ice to seal it 4-1 victory with 30 seconds left um dude those empty those empty net goals this year as opposed to last year are just night and day I feel like oh, we're actually oh yeah like we're not missing Actually, every single shot. Yeah, my God. I, I don't know how many practices Brew we spent on that, but it's obvious that that they like each player's worked on it individually and it's paying off dividends I mean, for them. I would even I would even say it's it's less complicated than that. I think it all just goes with the whole they won the cup and got the monkey off their back. If there's one thing that you can if there's one word that I think has described the blues play throughout the whole season, it's just it's it's confidence, but it's also it's also you know, pressure's off. Like they're not they're not nervous, they're not, you know, making stupid mistakes. They're not they, a lot in the past I feel like when they would suffer with the empty net is because they would They'd get too much in their own heads. They try to they try to make the perfect play. They'd be trying to, almost a little too hard in a sense. Versus this right. year, versus this year, you know the monkeys off their back. They know they're a good team. They don't they don't have to worry about the the media and the, and the pressure from the fans and all of that stuff. And they don't have to worry about the chemistry. They're they're a good team. They got a good record, and you know they're not they're not. Gripping fluking. their sticks as tight, right? Right. They're not gripping their sticks as tight. Absolutely, they're not gripping their sticks as tight, and they're not fluking into wins either. They're just really just rolling 
every night, night in, night out. It's the same Blues team. That's that's huge. It's it's been the same team that's been winning these games. It's it's confidence and it's been sh- shining through, especially lately on this win streak. I know that game on uh, the, the first game on Friday. It seemed pretty back and forth. Uh, Blues just continued to show their strengths up and down the ice, scoring a goal or scoring again to go ahead each goal that Winnipeg scored. It was back and forth all game long, like you said earlier. But that second game in, on Sunday, they really showed their dominance pretty much everywhere on the ice. I know even in the uh, faceoff dot, I think it was thirty-five to twenty for the Blues side. I think Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly individually won 20 faceoffs and only lost five Oof. all game long. So, I mean, they're yeah, dominating uh, all aspects of the eyes right now. It looks like the the stats I'm looking at says the Blues were 63% from the faceoff circle, yeah. which is just nutty. That's and insane. also, whenever we uh, did our preview last episode, we, were, we mentioned the uh, PK of the Winnipeg Jets being so low. I think they're at 73% right. on the year, 77%. We mentioned the power play being a being a uh, a force in both games. Blues had power play goals in, yes. so that that yeah. that stays hot as could be. Yeah, I would was- also like to say that I personally picked Ryan O'Reilly to be my locked on player. So. Uh, I, I got. I, I'll give you one better. I, I picked Jaden Schwartz, who who was <laughs> was the was the more relevant game in the recap, and he and he he definitely showed out. Um, I, I, I think we all won on that one because I had Jordan Cairo and he had two that's true. Today, So I think that's, that's true. That was, like, dude, pretty, we're too honestly we're too good at this. J- Jaden Schwartz had a great weekend, but Jordan Cairo had a great weekend, and Ryan O'Reilly had a great weekend. So I mean, that's they true. were really all locked on. If you think about it, there, there, there's no rule that says there has to be one. You know, an eight-game win streak. There's gonna be there's gonna be some some players that are on fire, and we've got a lot of them. Um, moving moving forward, what do you what do you guys? I remember I know the the win streak last year was obviously huge, but what are your thoughts on this year's win streak compared to last year's? Because in my opinion, this one is so much more low key and not talked about. Because I feel like last year's had the combined with. Um, being in last place but also just because it was the gripping their sticks tight and like yeah they were winning 11 games but it really felt like they were 11 playoff games you know hugely blues were working their their asses off that was that was a huge change from what we saw earlier in the season those 11 games were a different completely different team so it was it really stood out versus this year i'm like what's their win streak at oh seven eight something like that just because you know i feel like you look you watch the games and they're playing just like they've played all season and then you look at the calendar and like, huh? Yeah, I guess it has been a while since they lost. It's almost looking like it's, it's almost like it's expected out of the group right now. After the Stanley Cup win, obviously, but going back to last year it was so out of the blue and unordinary for them to gain momentum like that for for like four or five games straight, let alone ten, like for the franchise record. This year, I mean, this is their second seven-plus game one streak of the year. I think that's the third time ever it's ever happened. I think that's crazy. I think the last time it did it was fifteen, sixteen, and we all know what happened that year. But uh, mm-hmm. I think we're really seeing Barubi's coaching come into effect now, especially with players coming in and out of the lineup. Everyone's doing. Everyone knows their role and doing their job. And it's really showing. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I I I feel for you there too, Josh. Uh, I think that win streak last year was really a grind. I think Temp- I think the Tampa Bay game yeah. was in there. It was like one nothing or yeah. something. A grind. Jordan Pennington. Yeah, great exactly. Way, great was, way to put it. Every every single one of those games, especially because 
like around that time they were they were doing so poorly or whatever it's like yeah yeah they, they and, and they, it wasn't expected but like they, these games that we've been winning yeah exactly and these games that we've been winning recently I, I wouldn't say that they're easy but it doesn't look like it's not the constant back and forth that Winnipeg game was back and forth yeah but every single one of this win streak isn't back and forth right it feels like we get out to a lead kind of just like not really close to a victory but sort of like they don't have to exert all the energy that they did as they did last season right. and so these next three games coming up we have Arizona Colorado and Vegas oh some big games some big some big conference matchups there yeah that Colorado game is going to be a tough one but if, if they can get past that I don't see I don't see them losing to Vegas so they could they could yeah. potentially tie the streak and then San Jose after that yeah and and San Jose's been streaky this year so to, they got a to, chance to kind of uh, touch on what both you guys said, I definitely feel like, yeah, last year was definitely a grind, like the win streak, but that's because it had to be. Like, we were, the Blues were in such a poor position that th- that 11 game win streak was literally a necessity. Yeah. So that's that's why I feel like every every game we were living on dying on, like, because if that win streak ended at four games, they don't make the playoffs. That win streak right. ends at six games, they might not make the playoffs. So it, there was always like the, in the back of our minds, like, oh yeah, this win streak is awesome. But also in the back of our minds, and honestly, probably in the back of the players' mind, is they're still fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot, even when they're rolling and winning the most games in a row in franchise history. They're still not comfortable, and that's why I think it felt a lot more stressful, a lot more you know grinding. But then you know, like what you said, Joey, it's confidence is huge. Is last year that that team kind of had to search for confidence, find it, and embrace it. This year, there's no searching needed. This team had confidence from the, from puck drop of game one. They don't need to f- capture momentum. They don't need to capture lightning in a bottle again. They, they are they know they're capable of winning, and I feel like that's shown through very clearly. Where this win streak, it, it's it's a cherry on top to a great season. You know, we don't need it. We'd still be first in the central if we had gone if if we had gone five and three in our last eight instead of eight and zero. Oh. But you know, instead of instead of it, it being a close race, now all of a sudden we're almost we're, we're ten points up on the central, some, something ridiculous like that. Eight points. We're up. eight points up on eight second place, up. which which is Colorado. We're ten points yeah, up on ten points this, up on third place on on. Vegas, yep. That's that's insane. That's such a comfortable, such a comfortable cushion for the Blues to have, and it, and it must be you know night and day compared to last year when they were never comfortable and oftentimes were you know on the front on the very very outside looking in versus this year where I don't want to say they don't have to worry about missing the playoffs, but it's not it's not like a it's not something something that's on the top of the agenda because you know twenty four and whatever they are 14 one loss is barely going to cripple them at all versus last year where a loss could be the death of them the end of the season so it's 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 been a relief this year for sure and how about the play how about the play robert thomas really quick just to touch on that he's he's just like we said earlier with the fade away from hanger's commentary on that game He's just all over the place even let alone his goal scoring he's as a setting his vision on the ice is Bar none. It, it's incredible seeing him grow each and every shift, every game. He's playing unreal right now, and it's really filling that void of Terry Seiko on, on that offense. And another thing I noticed in these last eight, last two games, too, against the Jets, um, not that Jordan Cairo has been, like, a liability defensively or even, like, under par. Like, he holds his own defensively. Um, yeah. But he, it seemed like he's been, like – above par or like good defensively these last two games like he's actually yeah. been like getting turnovers and takeaways and 
Love to see that from the game. Yeah, one thing I think was, so when he got sent down to the fourth line, a lot of people were like, oh, man, he's getting sent down. But then, like, one of the things that got talked about a lot was, well, him getting sent, quote, unquote, down to the fourth line, it was said that it's not a demotion. It's that because he, he can thrive on that line. The Blues don't play four lines. The Blues just have four lines that they roll. That's that's pretty obvious. That's known at this point. So just because it may be the fourth line doesn't mean anything. They're still getting meaningful minutes. They're still getting, you know, Jordan Kyrou's on the power play. So fourth line means he's skating against, you know, slightly slightly worse competition. He's able to have his confidence grow, able to get those turnovers. You know, he's not lining up against guys like Shifley and stuff like that. He's able to, he's able to, you know, show his skills and and have more confidence, have more time to think and build that confidence and then be able to use it against the, the tougher competition, higher guys on higher up lines. But he's been he's been uh beyond expectations in, in my opinion for, for this for this call up stint. He's been he he jumped right into it. Yeah, no, and the focus like, of that that fourth line, you gotta think is defense, right? And um the forecheck and everything. So even playing with those guys and watching what they do is going to bring up his level of defensive capability. Um, and a guy with speed like that is also lethal on defense because, like, a guy makes a miss or whatever, okay, like he's he's like a bee essentially or a, or a yep. gnat in your ear or something. Like he's annoying. Mm-hmm. He won't go away because he'll just catch up to you. If, yeah. Right. Right, so. and not only can he catch up to you like that, he then all of a sudden you you he steals a puck from you, you blink, and he's on, he's on the other end of the ice about to score a goal just because that the speed speed is deadly turns defense into offense. Exactly. Yeah. So, like you said, it, it wasn't a demotion on uh, Bruby's part to put Kyra on that fourth line entering Friday's game, but uh, right. he he did come out and say it was a it was a matchup situation right yeah. there with wanting Barbshow to move up. Filling more of a defensive role on that first line with Schwartz and Shin covering that Shin line. And uh, it, it worked for an amount of time, but whenever the Blues offense got flat, Baruby, credit to him again, he brought back Kyrie back up to the first line, moved Barbashad back down to the fourth line. And I think it was like one of the first three shifts after he did that, Kyrie sets up Schwartz for the goal today. So, right. and, and, and again, Baruby's impact on this team shows yeah. once and, again. Credit to credit to Baruby for putting um, the young guys on the power play too, because I feel like in the past that's been a huge gripe for Blues fans is that we've had these young studs, but yet the power play for the longest time has been you know uh, various center Tarasenko, Steen, Petrangelo, whatever. It's it's always been the same guys, and we've always been like, hey, what about the what about the young guys? And then you know back when Yo was a coach, Mike Yo was a coach, we or even uh, earlier on in Baruby's tenure last year, we'd we'd throw the young guys in the power play and it would give him like a game or two it wouldn't work and they'd take him off but props to him for calling up Cairo and putting him on the power play and giving Robert Thomas some power play time and letting them letting them gain confidence and it's it's shown they've scored some big power play goals and Cairo's been a part of them and Thomas has been a part of them and I think that's that's a huge huge relief for Blues fans is you know the, the young guys are finally getting their their chance to shine and it's they've they have shown they've taken advantage and I think that's the thing that sets Baruby apart from some other coaches in the league that maybe aren't as successful is, like, you see the way he talks to these young guys and talks about Kairou and Robert Thomas, like, especially after he took over from Mike Yo last year. I think when they signed Mike Yo, like, a lot of Wild fans were, like, not very good at developing, like, prospects and all right. of that stuff. Right. Um, and I think you saw that with the uptick in Robert Thomas's production last year as soon as he got under Baruby. Like, Baruby mm-hmm. drills home into his players, like, play your style of hockey and then he coaches around like their collective styles instead of trying to force his coaching style 
onto the way that they play. And I think the players appreciate that. And it's just a good compromise between the unit as a whole. And it brings them closer together. And obviously it allows them to play hockey at an elite level. So, right. Yeah. I, I know we're giving Ruby a lot of credit here, but, uh, I can't confirm this 100%, but I, I do think Mark Savard has a lot to do with getting guys like Jordan Cairo and the, the other young guys some power play time this year because I think he understands that power play and what he needs on those roles on that power play. I mean, that's 100% his role on the team is to run the power play and, and run the plays ran. So I, yeah. think he, I think he has a big influence on the personnel selection on that power play. Agreed. Um, Jordan Cairo today, for instance, put him out there on the power play play and bam there's another spark from the second assist of the game we just mentioned the first one with to schwartz earlier in the game well here's another coaching change bringing Kyron to that second unit and then he gets an assist on the uh the thomas goal i believe so two assists for Kyru. both coaches playing or both coaches coaching up uh, we, we're, we're starting to see all the little adjustments of the of the good side let alone Absolutely. all the, the negative things since i mean this eight game win streak there ain't really much negative we can talk about i know we're hyping the tires on multiple people and multiple multiple co- coaches every podcast but there ain't much you can do on an eight game win streak like this everyone's everyone's playing good everyone's coaching good mm-hmm. yeah um it's 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 been very exciting to watch i feel like there's never been in at least in my recent memory there's never been a team quite like this playing with such confidence there's there's never been a blues team that's been a legitimate powerhouse at the top of the league and i again a lot of that comes with never having won a cup you never really can be that powerhouse until you get that monkey off your back but this year they're they're it's not like oh yeah washington's really good boston's really good and then st louis is in that b tier no they're finally the one of the best if not the best the team to beat in the nhl and it's 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 fun having that uh having that confidence and and being able to kind of wear that walk around with that pride uh, you know as a fan it's it's nice when people are like oh yeah you like hockey and i'm like oh i'm a blues fan the first thing they they you could tell they their their whole attitude shifts they're like oh oh you're congrats like they're they're very they're very you know almost not jealous but they're very very the 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 the, the outlook of being a blues fan used to be oh haha you guys suck you'll never win a cup and now it, it feels nice to be on the other end of it Absolutely. It's, it's just like a it's like a respect level almost. Like now that we're at the top of the league. Oh my god. Now that <laughs> now that we're at the top that's, of the that's league. That's staying in. That's that is not getting into that. <laughs> Blue I've got allergies, okay? I've got allergies. I can't breathe out yeah. my nose. I just that, made a note you get. at 22 minutes. Do not <laughs> edit out. Do not edit out. Raise volume. Raise layer. Make sure, make sure that's heard. Anyways. Yeah. What are we? Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's like a respect thing. Like, especially for guys like us who have followed the team for so long. Yeah. Like, it, you can't call us, like, bandwagon fans, like, we followed this team through the trenches of like hell, essentially, all the way up to ultimate oh, yeah. glory in a Stanley Cup championship. It's, like, it's there's a respect of, there from other fan bases. Speaking about the respect and, and following for a long time, obviously, but I, I think we can, we, we all know the Blues used to be a, a powerhouse at home. Powerhouse at home. Almost night in, night out, basically, right? Right. But then they came into a little bit of a, like, a, almost a slump in a way to where they were playing more consistent at home ice. We even seen that in the playoffs. They're, they're a much more dominant road team than they were at home, right? Right. But this year, specifically, you can really tell that playing in Enterprise Center, it's it's a whole new ball game. Teams are, 
are show shocked whenever they come in here, and they 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 truly got to play a perfect game to win a home on oh, yeah. in St. Louis. Oh yeah, and and I gotta say, just like to to go back to that whole conference, there's there's nothing like being able to walk around Massachusetts wearing wearing Blues gear because every person that looks at me, I can just I can just tell what they're thinking, and it, and it's good because especially here where Massachusetts fans, myself, you know, Boston sports fans, myself included, are very very um uh how to say um very very confident in our team's abilities and very and, and we and we like to let people know about that when i when i share that i'm a blues fan that people prior to this this past uh season that it would get met with laughs and be like oh but the bruins are so good boston sports yeah you know why would you be a blues fan if they've even heard of the blues you know and versus this year not only is it not only do they know who the blues are well we also just they also just lost to the blues so it, it, it's definitely been very satisfying for to me you know walking into walking into various seeing friends wearing blues gear and and sort of shutting them up real quick make, letting them letting the letting the stanley cup merch do the talking yeah, who's laughing now, Portnoy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I, I took a. I was taking a summer class during the during the Cup final, and I day one, which was like I think right day one of the class, which was like I think the Cup final had already been set, but it hadn't started yet. I walked in wearing blues gear, you know, just to just to assert my dominance, be like, hey, I, I this is the, this is the situation. I'm just letting you all know. And of course, I got lots of comments, lots of you know people giving me lots of hard time um, about it, and I continue to wear it throughout the series you know people would be talking to me about it and oh blues aren't looking too good you know and i'm just like oh yeah yeah that, that o'reilly fellow right. got a chance eh Blue, yeah, Bruins yeah. And four, <laughs> oh yeah and um and i was the whole time i was like eh, i'm still confident you know just you wait and just dealing with that and and finally day after they win the cup i walk into class for some reason all the bruins fans weren't wearing their gear anymore i'm not sure why they were it every they were it every other time i don't know why they stopped but i walked in you know decked out in my blues gear middle of class the professor who never never stopped teaching to middle of class he goes oh yeah by the way congrats to josh and this in the st louis blues on the big the big stanley cup one last night <laughs> yeah so that was that was fun and there was a lot of it was it was at merrimack which is a big hockey school so there were a lot of hockey kids in the class so not that you know some D1 hockey players were probably big Bruins fans were just you know I ha- it was nice to be able to look at them and be like haha you're better yeah, at hockey than me just stand up and flip them all off yeah exactly <laughs> well but I didn't even have to that's the best part is I let my, my blues hat do the talking I didn't, I yeah, didn't your, your have your teacher to. did it for you <laughs> right I didn't even have to be cocky I walked into that classroom with my blues hat and Everybody knew. I didn't have to say a word. Everybody, everybody, everybody was reminded of of the Bruins losing, and that made me happy. That <laughs> speaking of, speaking of the Bruins, what what about these odds that we uh, meet up with the government here soon this summer? I don't know. It's looking good though. Oh, God, I can't handle that again. I don't know if I can either, no, but it, it's it's I fun can't. to think about. I can't. I can't. My my I I, I didn't talk. I, I did, It took it took six months before my dad was ready to talk about the series. I I can't deal with that again. <laughs> How about this for a question? Who's the number one team in the Eastern Conference? Say the Blues make it that you don't want to see. Oh, um. That's a really good question, and I can't think of an answer off the top of my head because the best teams, um, Boston. You know, I'm not worried about them. Obviously, uh, Washington. I mean, I guess Washington. Washington scares me, and I yeah, yeah that would that wouldn't be fun. Um, team like Pittsburgh, any of the any of the usual powerhouses scare me. 
but anyone that would be kind of going for their first cup or whatever hasn't won in this decade doesn't i don't want to say doesn't scare me because i don't want to underestimate them but it's very clear that once you've won it once you kind of gain that status that symbol and it it's not not that it's harder for teams to beat you but i think i agree it's a mental thing for sure well yeah it's also a mental thing is they've been there before so if they match up with if they match up with like a with like a carolina you know i think the the experience would would uh conquer there but again, that's what was said about the Bruins Blues series. So my honest answer is I have no clue because if the playoffs have taught us anything, it's that you you cannot predict a single thing. So that's I, true. I, I feel know. like just on paper, mine mine would probably have to be the Bruins, just because Pasternak's playing at a godly level right now. And like even at the beginning of the season, like I was like, oh, there's no way he like sustains this. Dude's like at what thirty goals now? Oh uh, yeah, he's on pace for like sixty plus, I think. So what the. I think at one point he was on pace for like 70-something goals recently. That's insane. That is insane. And, like, he was not doing – like, yeah, he was lethal in the playoffs last year, but he was not anywhere close to what he's doing right now. So it would be tough – it would be oh. tough to go up against the Boston Bruins team with God. That would be a... David Pasternak right now. Oh God! Oh can, God. You, can you imagine that series if we if they oh, went? I don't want it, to. <laughs> after seven games of of some controversial stuff going on, lots of emotion. That would be, oh, not even you know, not to mention me having to sit with my entire Bruins fan family and watch another standing. I can't. I cannot. I physically cannot survive that again. But if it happens, I very much look forward to it. I guess if I had to make an answer, I would agree with the Bruins only because they know each other so well. The added animosity in that series would be through the absolute roof. Oh, my God. Um, obviously, the revenge factor, all that plays into it. But uh, just imagine the storylines. Like, what if it's Pittsburgh and you got Crosby and Malkin and them guys? Or what if it's a team like uh, Tampa Bay with Pat Maroon and, and all those guys, you got that aspect to it. Yeah, or even forget, like, don't like forget we said, get there first. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I'm, we're just storytelling right now, but then you got Washington and Oceano Vetchkin, Basham, all the drought. They've been talking be so about crazy. the droughts for sure. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. You got to get through that Western conference. And I think in my opinion, uh, man, that, that's just such a hard, what, what do you guys think of the Western conference now? Who, who would, who's the number one team you would not want to see? Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I would I think, love Colorado, in my opinion. I would that, love Colorado. That would be a fun series, but I mean it would be, be fun, but I don't think oh, oh I'd be on pins and needles, man. They're so it good. Would, it would be fun, but I think the blues will physically beat them down. I don't even think that'd go past five games That's in my true. opinion. That's true. I mean it worked last year. Um uh, uh, looking at the West, the West is honestly very weak this year. Like extremely weak, especially the Pacific. The best team in the Pacific is sitting at twenty-one and twenty-one. So, uh, honestly, the West. I as things stand right now, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, playoffs are. Who knows what could happen? But I think the Blues are pretty clear, pretty clear favorites in the West. Because every you look at the next best team, it's Colorado, and well, yeah, they're they're great, but they're also they're also young and experienced and like a deep playoff run. They're just kind of building up their new core with a lot of their young players, and like you said, the Blues can probably beat them down. So, as far as like ex- good experienced teams go in the West, can't really there aren't many besides St. Louis that have that have done it before. I mean, Dallas is always going to be always going to have their name in the conversation, no matter. I really what. like the way they look this year too by the way they play very good 
not really I, I want to say blues like because they kind of they're on their, they're kind of in their own world right now but they play a similar gritty two-way game and I like the addition of Pavelski there but their defense is still just playing un- incredible right now they got mm-hmm. off to a slow start but whenever they figured out their game and their chemistry uh Rupe Hintz I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to Dallas but that man he, he's a stud he, yeah. he's almost like their Robert Thomas right now he's a little older he's like 24 right now 23 but he is—he's really taken off. He packs a lot of speed too. A lot of speed. Oh, yeah. He's very fun to watch. But I hate playing against him. I hate seeing the Blues play him. Played very well in the playoffs, and then uh, obviously, I, I mean, it, not that he's having a bad season, but it doesn't even matter how Ben Bishop plays in the regular no, season because he's a different breed in the in the playoffs. Like, oh, yeah. and I, I think just I think it's the same to say with Pecorino and Nashville. They're they're hurting mm-hmm. right now. They're not even in the playoffs by right now. Shockingly enough, if if you guys didn't know that. But yeah. they're that not even in this, so bad too. They're not even a spot. That, that's a team that would scare me though if the Blues played them, just because they match up so well. A, a team like Nashville and Dallas play play the Blues so well. But I, I still think the Blues would overcome both of those teams. I think the number one team that would give them probably a seven game series would be Vegas, in my opinion, only because I think Mark Andre Fleury could catch lightning in a bottle. He he can go out there and steal games. Yeah, their acquisitions are starting to, to gel a lot better, but I don't know. Like we said, we got a lot of hockey British storytelling yeah, right now. But yeah, that would be a fun looking, one. Looking a little ahead, I think that'd be a very fun one, especially with Reeves on the other side. Come on, that'd, yeah. be, that'd be money TV. Right? Riley yeah. Smith is having a good season. Pacioretty's doing oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All Mark right. Stone against Ryan O'Reilly. Oh man, oh, beautiful. We can we that, can. I, I, that, that almost feel like a new era of like a Blues Kings or a Blues Sharks oh. rivalry in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, yeah. it, it's it's looking like it's heading in that direction. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Blues Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We've got some fun stuff in store this week. Uh, I know Joey's got something pretty exciting planned for tomorrow's episode, Tuesday's episode. Joey, you want to talk a little bit more about that real quick? Yeah. So like we teased about last episode, we're having a little semi-all-decade week here coming up for the last week of the year. Uh, we got a special guest coming on soon. I'm not going to reveal that name yet, but uh, he's already confirmed he's going to be interviewing with us here soon. But for what I got planned tomorrow, we got a all-decade blues team for like a fantasy draft format, basically. Oh, yeah. So I know you guys have seen on Twitter these. Uh, everyone's putting their opinion out there for the all blues team, de- like decade team type thing. Well, instead of doing that, we're going to have our own fantasy draft. So we're going to have we got to figure out a way to do a how we're doing first, second, and third pick, but it's going to be a snake draft. We're going to play, make our lineups, and then you guys are going to vote who's got the best team. Yes, yeah, all right. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then yeah, we got a we got a guest guest interview coming up. Hope maybe depending on how much content we get, that could be a one or two parter. We'll see. Stay tuned for that, and then we'll have some game recaps and and the usual moving forward as we hopefully get into our grind of finally five episodes a week, Monday through Friday for the foreseeable future. It's it's exciting stuff. We're we're looking yes, forward. Yes, sir. We're getting there. It's been a little wacky with the holidays, but also don't forget about our uh, mailbag. Send us your tweets, your questions. Yes, it can be about anything hockey-related, anything you can think of. Send them our way on Twitter. At Not hockey-related. At Lockdown right. Blues on Twitter, on Instagram. Right. Follow us everywhere. Do your yep. thing. Yep. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and let's go Blues. Let's go Blues, baby.